Ready? Oop. Three, two, one. It's good audio. It's good audio. That's how you know the episode's going to be just quality. That's when we just crack open a cold one in, in synchronicity at the start of the episode. You may be sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder what they're drinking there. Or is it a beer? Is it a, is it a Bud Light? Is it a Heck no. Michelob Ultra? Never. A, a Budweiser? No. A I, other beer brand? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly none of those because Chance can't even think of them. Corona. There's that one. is one. I just said it a little bit ago. No, we are not like you. We've got our own old standby, our steady Eddie, always dependable Bishop Cider. Yes, I haven't had a Texas tea in quite a while. It's delicious. How went in my fridge that I'm saving? Saving for the just that moment. For the end. I got a sample pack, and mm-hmm. I know that one's going to be good. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying some different ones. Yeah, I got us the sampler. Mm-hmm. I've had this before, the dark side. Uh-huh. It's all right. It's very tart. Yeah. I like a lot of Bishop Ciders, but this Texas tea is mm-hmm. a dang near perfection. Yeah. Yesterday I had apple pineapple. I thought that was pretty good. It's my second favorite, but it just tastes like what you would think a cider should taste uh-huh. like. And then I had um, crackberry, which was okay. It's fine. It's not my favorite. Yeah. Um, Cameron now is in possession of a cocktail shaker. Mm-hmm. I'm really moving up in the world. You are. I, uh, I know many cocktails. I watch a cocktail channel on YouTube. Wow. But I don't have anything to make them. Well, maybe you're, you know Christmas is coming up. Maybe I don't know who's going to get me a cocktail shaker, but I don't know either. Somebody certainly not me. Christmas is Winks coming up. At the microphone. Christmas is coming up has never been a thing that applies to me. No, but this year it did because your birthday is coming up. Also applied to you. I you're know. very confused by it. It was so weird. I was so like, Chance, as as we've discussed, has lived most of his life independent of the ties that bind the rest of humanity together. He's free of those. He might call them shackles or chains. We just call them connections between loved ones. And yes, I have a story about this, but continue with yours. So, you know, for things like birthdays and Christmas, if you, I mean, just an, even in general, if Chance wants something, he'll save up the money and he'll get it. Yeah. And he doesn't have to say, well, my, you know, my birthday's coming up and I was going to ask for it and someone will get it for me. He hasn't, he's never really had to think that way. And no. now here he is in a relationship with a person who has lived normal human American experiences. And it's like, no, you can't just buy things the month of your birthday. You have to wait till your birthday and I'll get them for you. It's very confusing. If I want something, I just work for it and then get it. (laughs) Oh, how droll. (laughs) But now, I don't don't do that. Oh, you fool. You're one of the ten fools. I guess so. It's very strange. by Beach State, unless someone real decides to sponsor us. This is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Beach State. Beach State. Where dreams are made. Mm-hmm. And the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Or limited. I'm not sure which. Endlessly limited. Endlessly unlimited. Like breadsticks. Unendlessly limited. Breadsticks at Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is a season finale. It sure is an episode of this show that I literally never think about. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like all the great finales of Boy Meets World, it's pretty forgettable. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's recap our finale, shall we? We have... Season one. W- w- yes. We have season one. We have the, the, the high five and the Cory laughing at Topanga iconic moment. Hey, yeah, the- what a wonderful ending, right? It's just like <laughs> Cory and Sean both finally realize they like girls and they get pulled off in different directions and it reshapes their life forever. And that's the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the end. Except oh, right. Feeny's Feeny. sick and Cory doesn't want to take a test. <laughs> what the? Fever, fever Feeny dream. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then season two, we get we get the two-parter, mm-hmm. which isn't called the two-parter, but it's a two-parter. Um, one is home. The last one is home. Home and um, pa- like parent to work. I forget. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember what exactly it's called. what it's called either. But like a two-parter of like an investment in Sean as a character, mm-hmm. a status quo change. Yeah. It ends on a really good note. Yep. Sends things up for the next season. 10 of 10. Would recommend. Yeah. It's a great season finale. Season 3. I don't know my brother anymore. Yeah, like, I've spent absolutely no time with my brother. I don't know my brother anymore. Uh-huh. But that's after Corey goes to Disney World. <laughs> the iconic. Wins the panga back and the iconic kiss in front of the fountains. And yes. uh, just everything is wonderful and magical coming back together again. Should be the end of the season. And then here we are. Yeah. Um... This season, no iconic episode before it really. I mean, yes, cult. there is cult fiction right before it. Well, That's incredibly iconic. It's an iconic episode, but it's not like a moment. It's not like a thing that wraps everything up. Yeah, like you can see a series ending with Corey and Sean going off in opposite directions, the mm-hmm. iconic kiss at the fountain, the I'll give you a home. But there's not like an obvious place that this season should have ended. Mm-hmm. But this ain't it. This is definitely not it. <laughs> like... I mean, the very final tag at the end is it. I, I guess The so. entire rest of the episode, to try to get us to that point, we didn't need it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I guess, like, the wrap-up of Eric's storyline, which has been more prominent in season four than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. I mean, in season three, you have, like, stormy weather... Yeah, but Eric's had the arc over the course of the season. Yeah. Which feels like we've been on season four forever. It's true. We've done a lot more interlude episodes. Uh-huh. We're doing another one next week. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> we did one last week. Mm-hmm. Did one. A lot of them. Yeah, this is the problem with ending the season. So as you are listening to us, we are we are on Christmas break. Our Thanksgiving last, break. Or, yes, thank you. Our last... <laughs> There's a difference. We're on some holiday break that's not as good as Time Loop Day. Time Loop Day break. I love it. <laughs> um, our last day of school was yesterday. We are golden, except Living I is easy. have a meeting tomorrow, but that's another thing entirely. Um, it'll I, I can do it without pants on. Oh, Zoom. the best sort of meetings. Yeah. Um, so we are on break. We're going in. So this isn't the ideal time to end the season. Because who knows if we're going to have time, like, next weekend. Who knows what December's going to look like. Yeah, who knows. It's uh, not the ideal time to end a season, so you're going to have to bear with us. I don't think we'll wait until January to start season five. No, probably not. I mean, but we do have to do our tournament. Mm-hmm. And we've got a tournament to do. We've got next week's 20, 30-minute episode. Uh-huh. Um, Buckle up. Buckle up. It's going to be something. Uh, there's going to be a trigger warning for strange sounds in that episode. It there's is gonna... a um, experimental episode, we'll say. We've not recorded it yet, but it's going to go some places. It's going to it's going to go some places. Our first live episode, in a sense, <laughs> you could say. 
We still don't know what we're 100% doing. We just know where we're doing it. Uh Um, So, yeah, buckle up. But, yeah, so that'll be next week. Um, Then, hopefully, the tournament the week after, we still have to reboot the season. Um, I think we've both talked about wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And after we do those three things, I have no reason why we shouldn't start. Senior year. Senior year, season five. Uh, We got to... We're gonna have to spend this month lining up some guests. We've got a we've got a few higher profile ones that we got to make sure we get on this season. Mm-hmm. Eventually, eventually it'll happen. But anyway, here we are, uh-huh. season four, episode twenty-two, twenty-three. I think twenty-two. Who even know? I can't even remember what it's called. What's uh, it called? I can remember the uh, synopsis. Uh, it says it's something like Corey and Eric deal with similar issues, similar, different but similar problems. Not even a little bit, but okay. I mean, I can see it. No, I can see twenty-two. Learn to fly. Learn, learning to fly totally makes sense in the name of this. Learning to fly is that a reference to something? Learning to fly. Why would it be called that? Hold on, chance Google something. Learning to fly. Out here learning to fly. That's just walking the dog from Sesame Street, but sung as learning to fly. I knew that. I was gonna bring that up. I don't. I don't. I don't know. There's a boom mic shot in this, and I don't care about it. We're not about that. Oh, absent cast: Anthony Tyler Quinn as Jonathan Turner. Because <laughs> he's dead. Because Pretty he's much. passed. Okay, it doesn't say anything about the title. Unfortunate. I was already gonna bring that up. That piece of trivia. Boy meets world wiki. <laughs> Come on. Get it together. Get a Boy Meets World podcast, and then you can write me a wiki. Mm-hmm. We own this town. Yeah. We should actually send an email to whoever moderates it, like, we got it. We'll take it from here. We'll take it from here. Anyway, after that dramatic uh, break in festivities, Learning to Fly, Season 4, Episode 22. Let me synopsize it for us. Eric, Corey, and Sean and Topanga are going to be going on a trip to visit Beach State University, which is a school that Eric has been accepted into. He's, like, excited to go check it out. He has a friend from high school who's already there. Uh-huh. So and the Bean go. of Admissions. Uh-huh. The Bean of Admissions. Um, but they're going to go. Topanga comes and says her aunt isn't going to let her go because um, they're going to be, like, odes oh, saying overnight and stuff, so she doesn't want her to go. Um, Corey's upset. He's a real jerk. Um, just always. Just... Point blank in this entire episode, Corey's just kind of a cotton-headed ninny muggins. This episode comes out in December, so that parlance is, is perfect. It's from Elf. What? That entire sentence was just lost on me. Okay. What did you just say? I called Corey a cotton-headed ninny muggins, which is a term, an elf curse, an elf cuss word from the movie Elf starring Will Ferrell. But this episode comes out in December, so it's fine. It's seasonal. Corey's a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Sure. Um, anyway, so they go to Beach State. Eric's kind of confronted with what he would be doing when he's there. And Corey, a college girl, throws herself at him because that's the way the world works. Yep. And then the episode wraps up exactly how you think. We're done. Uh-huh. That's it. That's what happens in the episode. We did it. Mm-hmm. Again, we made this joke before, but I'd be perfectly fine wrapping up right here. <laughs> because it's nothing. This episode is nothing. It's completely undeserving. Of a season finale. It's, yes. It would be a below average episode of season four of mm-hmm. Boy Meets War, let alone a season finale. Yeah. Just completely blows my mind. I, is the. 
Is the girl someone famous? Like, Her name is Lisa Dean Ryan. Do, 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 do. Like, you gotta think, she's gotta be someone famous or something. There had to be a reason. I'm trying to find out myself. Lisa Dean Ryan is an American actress. He was. She was in Doogie Howser. Most famous for wearing a football jersey and no pants in season four, episode 22 of Boy Meets World. <laughs> yes, Doogie Howser, everyone's favorite. She was in some ABC after school specials. She co-stars opposite Hayden Panettiere in the Disney Channel original movie Tiger Cruise. What even is that? What's that one? Oh, I remember that one. Hayden Panettiere and her dad, uh, she's a Navy brat and they say it a lot in that movie. <laughs> you Navy brat. She's like, I'm a brat. She does it all the time. I don't remember anything about that movie other than that. In the wake of the World Trade Center attacks, <laughs> a naval carrier with civilians on board is ordered into combat mode. <laughs> Disney Channel, y'all. They'd be, they be wild. And... It was 2004. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Pullman was her dad. Commander Gary Dolan. Anyway. Amazing. Apparently she's in that. <laughs> you know, so just like dar- absolute media darling. America's sweetheart. Like This is really her vehicle. Her show and Corey and Sean and Eric are just in it. Yeah, it's true. I wonder, I don't know how culturally prolific Doogie Howser was. I feel like it was more impactful in hindsight after How I Met Your Mother. Maybe so. I've never watched it. I, I haven't Or either. really ever thought about it. Um, Apparently it has a reboot on um, Disney+. Plus. Without Neil Patrick Harris? What's even the point? I know. I'm just saying. I'm just, I am just. I just tell the news. Are we Googling it again? I'm just looking at Doogie Howser. I'm going to see what it says. It's unimportant. It's really unimportant. Yeah. This isn't worth anybody's time. But there's some sort of Doogie Howser-like show that's on Disney+. Plus, A Disney Plus original. Okay. Set in Hawaii, I think. Because of course it is. Because of course it is. Shortly after 9-11, in response to 9-11, Doogie Hauser, A young girl takes up the mantle of Doogie Hauser to care for, to care for her wounded community. This is how much we don't want to talk about this episode. In, in fact, we're going to pause right here. We're going to watch the first episode of Doogie Hauser, and we're going to review that instead. Heck no, we're not. We're going to watch Tiger Cruise. What are you talking about? Uh, I did have a huge crush on Hayden Who didn't? at that time. I mean, remember the Titans? Yeah. And on. She was fantastic. What happened to her? Uh, I have no idea. She was on an ABC show. Oh, was she on Dallas? No, it was Nashville. Oh. I knew it was one of those show names. Some town. Some town name show. <laughs> she was on that. I never watched it. It's not really my my style. No. Country music and ABC dramas. Neither one are really my thing. No. So, learning to fly. We start... With Is Hayden Panettiere in it? No, sadly. She's a bit uh, young. Fine, 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 fine. Save the cheerleader, save the world. <laughs> Let's talk real quick about why Heroes Season 1 is one of the greatest seasons of television there is. And everyone out there is just a hater. Do people really not think that? Yeah, the, the, the cultural zeitgeist against Heroes has really turned on its head. From when we used to watch it, because when we used to watch it, everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when we would watch it together, it was it was in its decline. Yeah, which is every moment after season one. Uh, season two has a lot of potential. It does. The writer strike really yeah put the nail in the coffin there. Like the first half of season two is pretty fantastic. But I mean, it's a short season, so yeah, <laughs> it's like three episodes. It's like six, but 
Yeah. It's really fantastic to me. And then, like, they just get in a rush to wrap up everything. Mm-hmm. Season so. three started off so interesting. And they're like, we're going to introduce all of these new characters and villains. Like, the whole concept was villains. And by the end of season three, every single character they introduced had died. Yeah. And <laughs> was gone. And they had taken away, like, all of the cool parts of the show because the ri- new writers didn't know what to do with them. So... Well, having an ability that gives you the ability of any other hero you're around can kind of get out of control pretty quickly. No. I I have been a comic book fan my entire life. and oh, Your entire life, Chansey, who knew her baby. Since I was three. <laughs> so before then. And what you do with an over... You can tell some of the best stories with overpowered characters because what you do with them is you just make them... Because they're always your most human characters. Like, Superman is your most human character, unless you're talking to Zack Snyder, and he's wrong. Um, and he makes three awful, 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 awful movies. And many questionable choices. Yeah. Um, the Snyder Cut is bad. If you're out there thinking the Snyder Cut is not bad, you're wrong. <laughs> and you're not invited on this show. That's not true. We like some of you. Zack Snyder, though. No, he's not. But... You take an you take an overpowered character and you like put them in normal situations. The, an alien Who doesn't is, want to see Superman cooking some pancakes. Well, I more meant like an alien invasion is kind of like a family reunion for Superman. Like makes sense. He's got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, All Star Superman does this so well. That's a very good. That's a very good story. All Star Superman is fantastic. It is the archetype of what all Superman stories should be, and Zack Snyder should read it. Although he would probably hate it because and then make a movie and ruin it. Yeah. Anyway, all of this to say, uh, Peter did not need to be depowered. <laughs> Peter Petrelli, Papa Petrelli, Mama Petrelli, Nathan Petrelli. Yeah, I forgot his name. I was going to say brother. <laughs> brother Petrelli. Brother Petrelli. He's a, a pastor. <laughs> brother Petrelli is daughter Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> I, I could not tell you what her name on the show was. Maybe Claire? Claire. Okay. Hiro. Hiro Hamada. Hiro Nakamura. No, Hiro Hamada is from Big Hero 6. That's true. Yeah. Hiro Nakamura. Yatta! <laughs> Do we have to talk about learning to fly? Yes, Chance. This but is I don't our. Wanna. This is our lot in life. The path we have chosen for ourselves. And if we don't do this, every time we come across an episode of a similar quality, we're going to do the same thing. Only if it's a season finale. That's what. That's how it always starts. Okay. It's called a slippery slope chance, and it always <laughs> works out exactly how people fear. It's probably true. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows slippery slope arguments are the truest thing, because if, sl- if a slope is slippery, that's dangerous. <laughs> It's true. I knew if ever anyone got the vaccine, it would just be another step to getting a government control microchip. Mm-hmm. Government can't know where I am. That's why I do everything on my phone. <laughs> they never know. A government mind control chip. That's what I need. Just tell me what to think about this episode. Learning to fly. Um, they're getting ready for a trip. The parents stop Corey and they're like, if anything happens to the panga, I'll beat you up. <laughs> He's like, you, you you like her better. And they're like, yeah, we do. Who doesn't? Yeah, it's true. It's Topanga. Um, Sean makes a funny joke. Beach State, they've been recruiting me my whole life. Uh-huh. He, Eric's being like, this is a real thing. Like, this is a good school. 
uh-huh. whatever, whatever. And then Sean walks in like, "Beach State's been recruiting me since kindergarten." Yeah, my dad's good friends with the Bean because the admissions letter that he got has a lot of typos in it. Mm-hmm. And the parents are like, "I've never seen an admissions letter with this many typos." And he's like, "What's wrong with the Bean of admissions?" And then Sean comes in, "My dad's good friends with the Bean." So apparently, it's not a typo. What if that is intentional? And the Bean of admissions is Rowan Atkinson's Mr. Bean. Ooh. I really want that to happen. <laughs> you know, canon. Boom. <laughs> Michael Jacobs, we see you. We see you. This week on Twitter, I really need to look it up. But it was like... We tri- made it a few minutes, guys. Tribesmen and like Central Asia see Mr. Bean for the first time. I need to find this. Some of the things that they say are very uh, funny. Guys, this is going to be this whole episode. Like, you may just turn it off now. Because nothing is interesting enough in this episode to warrant our time. And and the only reason that's egregious is because it's a season finale. Mm -hmm. Like, we would talk about this episode. Tribal people react to Mr. Bean for the first time. It's the name of the YouTube video. Um, Now see for yourself. He's doing the same stupidity that he always does. By this nice man. He he doesn't have any grace in himself. (laughs) Bean has never done anything right. (laughs) And that's true, including starting a university (laughs) called Beach State. Beach State. And uh, they're like, we got to hurry. If if it gets too late, the tide comes in and then you can't park on campus. (laughs) What state is Beach State in? It's got to be Jersey, right? Surely. From Philadelphia, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump to mm-hmm. Jersey. The Jersey Shore. Uh-huh. The beach life. Gym tan laundry. Fist pump. Mm-hmm. You remember when pogs were a thing? <laughs> I, I was just trying to get us off topic again. I, I was already doing that, too. <laughs> I was putting us on the TV show Jersey Shore. But I don't know anything about Jersey I don't Jersey either, Shore. Chance. But that's the fun of it. There's a person called Snooky. And Wow. Wow. Didn't know that one. And the situation... That's a person? Mm-hmm. Huh. And that's all I can remember. Cool. Listeners, we're so sorry. We <laughs> promise next week is going to make up for it. <laughs> no, we don't. It's going to be even worse. <laughs> we hope you like us. You know, November's been a really good month for us in terms of like people downloading and listening to our show. <laughs> and we're just burning through all of that goodwill right now. <laughs> we, we are. You, but thank you all listeners at home. And in your cars and wherever you are, because you did make November our biggest month ever. Yeah. So leave us a review on the first sixty-three-ish episodes of the show. <laughs> don't don't include <laughs> don't do, this. Don't include this one. Just like just like I always forget that this episode of Boy Meets World exists. <laughs> yeah. You can forget that this one exists. It's true. I my girlfriend legitimately on my way here was like, "What's your episode about this week?" And I was like, "I hadn't watched the episode at this point." I was like, "I don't I don't know." <laughs> and, and then I started thinking like. What is the season four finale? And, like, I can tell you so much random crap about Boy Meets World. But I was just like, what is the season four finale? I can't, like, picture it in my head. And then I started thinking about episodes we hadn't done yet. And I thought about the episode where Corey gets seduced in a sorority house. And I'm like, no, that's got to be next season. And I was like, no, wait, Eric's checking out colleges. It can't be any next season. We must have already done it. (laughs) Like, I could not fathom that this was the episode we were going to do. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, but here we are. Um, they're they're packing up the car to go to Beach State. Topanga comes. She's like, my aunt won't let me go. And Corey's a butt. Even before that, he is. He's like, here you are, no suitcase, no sleeping bag. Oh-ho! 
Miss Topanga, I'm flattered and more flattered. It's like, what? I mean, it could be fun and flirty if she was being fun and flirty. Uh-huh. But She's very much not. Yeah. And Corey's just dumb. But yes, then he's like, how could your aunt do this to us? Well, yeah, but then it turns on to Topanga, too. Uh-huh. And he's like, Topanga, why doesn't this seem to mean as much to you as it does to me? And it's that line that I'm just like, uh-huh. what is happening? She's like, what do you think was going to happen this weekend? He's like, I don't know. There's going to be the beach, the moon, you, me. I think we're old enough to make these decisions. Shut up. Clearly not. Clearly not. If you're going to be a baby about it like this, um, certainly not. And then she's like, goodbye, Corey. And he lo- looks away like, you just ruined my day. <laughs> he's got this look on his face and Sean comes and he's like where's she going I don't know not with us cool I can take my lawn chair <laughs> Sean is just a, the breath of fresh air throughout the entire episode yeah too bad he's not <laughs> yeah this is this is like one of three breaths the only interesting thing we get in this episode is something that we'll deal with Sean in a moment his dream well yes but it's more evidence of something okay we'll get there that he realizes we'll he's in a tv show that sean is a deity of this world love it <laughs> he is all-knowing he's not a perfect deity no he is like a lower tier of deity mm-hmm. like a like a lesser greek god yeah maybe even here's a here's a fun tangent for all oh, of dear. you i've been studying spirituality in the ancient world a lot lately um because i am a nerd yes um, and like how to interpret spiritual things through an ancient lens, because for us, the chasm between the spiritual world and the human world is very fixed and it's very solid and it's very vast. But in the ancient world, they believe that the spiritual world was happening all around them at all times and parts of it were interacting with us at all times, which is why they felt comfortable doing things like elevating Um, their ancestors or like deceased emperors to deity and you might thinking oh they're making them gods not really how you're thinking it was more of a pyramid system where you had like jupiter on the top the 12 and then you had the lesser gods and then you had the regional gods and then you had humans elevated to deity so it was a multi-level marketing of the ancient world sort of yeah Sort of, yeah. If you get ten friends to worship me, and then each of them get ten friends to worship you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Then we're really going with something. Exactly, yes. Um, But Sean's one of those. Sean is like a human elevated to godhood, or maybe one of the lesser regional gods. He's like a plexus rep. A plexus rep, exactly. Um, But yes, so Sean, well, can we jump right there? What happens in between there and here? Um, they get to Beach State. Yeah, we get the weird They're house sneaking mother. into the... With Mrs. Bluterman or Mrs. Bluterman. Yeah, Bluterman. Um, nailed it. Got it in one. Mrs. Bluterman with uh, boys. There should be no boys. Boys. Um, but Harry's friend... I do... Wait. I do like the line where the friend goes and she's like, The pledges tracked in dirt again and I think they had boys with them. Boy dirt? <laughs> That's it. That's the line I like. <laughs> Don't care about the rest. Boy dirt. <laughs> um, but then she runs off. She's able to sneak the actual boys with their boy dirt into her room. Yeah. And we learn this is a sorority mm-hmm. house. Sean is like, this is just like my dream. Uh-huh. And the girl comes back in and she's like, sorry, boys aren't allowed. Um, 
upstairs and then sean starts repeating and especially in the bedrooms and sean like repeats it with him uh-huh. and he's like it's just like my dream he's had this exact dream mm-hmm. many times so yeah sean is a deity uh-huh he's just a precog he is in some ways i would i i, I think he has heightened awareness uh-huh. he perceives things that mortal minds should not be able to makes sense yeah he's the abed of boy meets world sure sure or maybe abed is the sean of community. Maybe. Probably not either of those things. Yeah. Um, but then they kind of get set up like, oh, that's my roommate's side. Don't touch any of her stuff. She's a total neat freak. Mm-hmm. They're like, will she, will she be mad that we're here? She's like, no, she's always at her boyfriend's. So you don't have to worry about it. I need all of you to cover your ears. For I'm about to use a <laughs> expletive. So trigger warning in three, two, one. They're doing everything they can to paint the roommate as Oh, my roommate is a bitch. Uh-huh. Um, that is what they're trying to say without saying. Yes, because this is a family show. Mm-hmm. But the context is all there. Yeah. They want us to have this presupposition when she comes in of B-word dumb. Mm-hmm. I didn't give the warning, so I didn't say it again. Appreciate it. <laughs> there. This is a family show. There are children. <laughs> um, We're going to go get our friends, Sarah. And Jess. And Jess. On their, what's that show called again? Their podcast. Ah, dang it. <laughs> I was trying to get him to curse. Not today. Um, anyway, what are we talking about? So, Eric and Julie, which is his friend, she's like, I'll go show you around campus. And they just leave Sean and Corey here. Well, they're going to windsurf around campus. Oh, right. Because <laughs> the tide has come in. Yes. So, this is sort of like a, a Waterworld scenario. Or there's a recent movie that just came out with um, Hugh Jackman called, like, Wolverine? Transference or something where essentially the world has. I know absolutely nothing about this movie. Something about looking into your memories. In these machines to be able to live, relive your memories. But it's a world where like global warming has caused the oceans to rise. And so like New York City, you know, is under several feet of water. And so just kind of the world has adapted this way. But that's what the Beach State University already is like. Yeah, exactly. You windsurf from place to place. <laughs> I'm gonna, is there a windsurf available? I uh, need to get to my college algebra. Uh-huh. Sean is like, you know, I was going to get one of those big canoes to take to Italy. Uh-huh. But I can just go to Beach State University and do the same thing. Yep. You mean a gondola? That's why you're going to college. <laughs> I was hoping you'd pick up on that. Anyway. So yeah, so they leave and Corey and Sean are talking about Topanga and Corey's whining. Mm-hmm. And then they sit down on Mary Beth's bed, with their, which they're not supposed to do. Fools. And in comes... Mary Beth. Mary Beth. I know, it's very shocking. Mm-hmm. All of Never you saw there, that coming. This th- this episode is full of twists. It's mm-hmm. full of turns. You never you never could have suspected. Mm-hmm. In she comes in all her glory. Yep. It's like Mrs. Bluterman, boys. And then Corey's like really quick. He's like, oh, I, I think they went out the window. And then closes the door. Yeah. And they're like, we're invited guests. What are you doing? And she's like, she starts to say something, and Sean's like. She just broke up with her boyfriend, you know, the quarterback. Uh-huh. She's like, how do you possibly know that? And she's like, he's like, I dreamed it, Miss Birthmark on her tookus. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the last good moment of this whole episode. Uh-huh. Good it's all downhill from here. Heel? Downhill. <laughs> Down There's one very good line at the very end from Mr. Feeney. 
Yeah. Okay, the tag at the end. The tag at the end is like, <laughs> the tag at the end is its own special good thing. Yes. And everything else is just bad. The tag at the end is the only part of this episode that should have existed. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 I'm a seal. Um, we should have had a very special Topanga-focused episode. And we just cut to the boys like two or three times as like the B-plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I needed more Topanga. That would have been wonderful. I needed any Topanga. Yeah. But again, this is Boy Meets World, and they don't do Topanga very well. No. No, they really don't. Even in season four, if you were to ask, like, what were Topanga's big moments, it's like... Her birthday. Which is still Corey's the focus. Yeah. Yeah, Corey's the focus, but it's like cutting her hair, having a birthday, um, her rivalry with that one girl, Jennifer, uh-huh. and... Um, Wearing a maid's outfit at the B&B. <laughs> Yeah, and long walk to Pittsburgh. Uh huh. That's about it. Yeah, it's like a handful, and we really had to think about it. Yeah, I. It's just so sad. Topanga had so much potential season mm-hmm. two. She had so. What much. happened? I don't even know. I'm is, mad about it. I'm gonna refuse to do the rest of this episode in protest. Is season two slowly becoming my favorite season of the show? I was very harsh on season two. But the Turner episode, I reminisced about the good old days of season two. Like, maybe it just did side characters better than main characters in season two. Yeah, because, Corey, I'm breaking my moratorium on talking about this episode. Um, I just said I wasn't going to anymore out of protest, and here I am. Oh. Um, it was too short to really be a bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, because all through season two, Corey's no good. Yeah. Like, the main characters are no good, which is mainly Corey. Yeah, he just gets that tired, that tired cycle of who am I, who am I, who am I, who am I. But then, like, you have all the Turner stuff, which is really good. Topanga, it's fantastic. Every time she's on screen in season two, two pops. Oh, the the um, school president episode mm-hmm. where she's like, just because we don't have a president doesn't mean all our problems are. And she looks at the guy behind the podium. Well, doesn't mean all our problems will go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's I think like, she's talking to Corey at that point. She might have been, or it might have been Alvin. I really think it was Corey, because yeah. that's even better. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, Topanga, get it! Topanga, Topanga, Topanga. Executive producer, Topanga. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I liked season four. I, I, I'm just down on it because of this episode. Mm-hmm. Really sending out on a bad note. Yeah, I'll, I may average the entire season of our scores, because I feel like this season is going to get the highest... Mm-hmm. Rating. I feel like every episode was like a seven to a nine, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think I may have even given it. No, I think I gave nine point five to B and B's B and B. Yeah, we were, where's there in a few? I think I gave it ten to something. I can't remember what. Yeah, I'll, I'm compiling all that data over the next couple weeks. So. Unimportant. Unimportant right now because Corey and Sean are in this room with Mary Beth. Oh yeah, and she's just not having any of it. No. She's angry, and Corey's like, oh, you broke up with your boyfriend? I'm sorry. This is a difficult time. We'll be out of your hair soon. And all of a sudden, this is the biggest turn-on she's ever had. I like ye. She's just like, give me a piece of that Kit Kat bar. (laughs) Yes, exactly that. Um, And so the bar is super low for men in this world. Apparently. I mean, I feel like this just really plays up. Again, I mean, again, coming from like evangelical culture of like men can't ever be alone with women because they're just gonna want you, yeah, no matter what, yeah. And so, I mean, that's just kind of reinforces right here 
of just throughout the, the episode of just like Corey's alone with this girl and she just can't get enough. Yeah. Um, and it's just this foul temptress trying to seduce Corey and watch out. That's what's going to happen if you're alone with a woman. Yeah. You won't be able to say no. You won't be able to assert yourself uh-huh. because secretly you'll want it too. Yeah. As Corey here is showing us. Um, but yeah. So it cuts to Eric and they're like, hey, we've had a lot of fun. Let's see where the learning goes on. And she's like, learning? John Adams was our learning. This is our mm-hmm. reward. He's like, but it's really tough out there. And she's like, don't worry. Out there is four years away. End of Eric's scene. Uh-huh. And she kind of goes off and he looks over and there's a guy passed out on the couch with a bottle that says beer on it <laughs> oh, in his hand. And then on the other side of the couch, there's just a couple making out. It's in the middle of everybody. Sure. Just a classic college experience. Classic college experience. Making out Beach and passed State, out anyway. drunk. That's, that's that whole scene. I mean, is there anything we want to say about it? No. There, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to say. I mean, this is just kind of the same drum that's been beat the whole time with Eric. Yeah. But, like, the dots are kind of connecting for him in a more in a real way again. Yeah, though I will say, Eric says something really stupid in this scene. He's like... It's really tough out there. And if you want to make it at all, you gotta you gotta have come out of this place with more than just a great tan. It's like, are you kidding? Go to tech school. Go go inherit your dad's business. Go be a firefighter. Go be a cop. A, a postal worker. Like, shut up. Yeah, you don't need college to be successful. But to make it mm-hmm. in any sense. In any in any way at all. You have to leave Beach State with more than just a good tan. It's a Oh, it helps. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, and, and there's definitely not a pretty privilege in the world where beautiful people tend to be successful, mm-hmm. even in, in spite of, like, their actual talents uh-huh. or education. For real. We're not bitter. <laughs> We're just uh, ugly. You're not. How do you think you got all those scholarships to get through school? <laughs> I didn't attach a picture. That was that was, that was was his pretty privilege. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yes. I paid everything out of pocket. That's my pretty privilege. This chunky, awkward <laughs> kid who doesn't know how to dress himself or uh, anything about the world at all. Getting getting a very serious long term girlfriend has made me learn I never knew how to dress myself. <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> no, she buys me clothes, and I'm like, oh, that's great. I think Sarah's just giving up. Oh, I won! Sure. I won! <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. We cut back to the room, and Mary Beth is, like, throwing her boyfriend's CDs and TV out the window. Yeah. She's like, it'll be on the front lawn with your television. Mm-hmm. So she throws that out the window. It's this little tiny, like, 13-inch TV. Yeah. I remember having one of those as a kid. Yeah, I had one. Um, and then Sean's like, Corey, we've got to get out of here. This is the part of my dream where she... Uh, breaks and turns around and the first guy she sees she traps in her emotionally and physically destructive web of vicious sexuality (laughs) and then he like pushes him out of the way and like looks at her and smiles Uh Uh, Sean is a little freak in this Uh he's like I want her to torment me Uh emotionally and physically yeah so all you all you kids with your ticky talks and your Your ticks that talk out there who are like discovering it's funny when women say things like, or to say things to women like ruin my life or anything. You're not the first. Mm -hmm. Sean wanted this woman to ruin her life. Yeah. Yeah. You Snapchats. Uh So cut it out. You're not original. Get some new material. (laughs) Um, But she like goes up to him all vicious. It's like, get out. 
And then Corey goes to go to, and she's like, not you. <laughs> I want to talk to you because you're sensitive. Uh-huh. Just like how it always goes. Yeah. Um, so Sean leaves. The Bonnie just, not Bonnie, Mary Beth is talking to him about everything. And then Corey calls Topanga. Mm-hmm. Like, ask her what's up. And then he finds out from her aunt that she never even mentioned the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she was lying, saying that her aunt didn't want her to go. Yeah. She, Mary Beth has changed into a jersey with no pants on at this point. Uh-huh. And is coming on to him pretty strong. And he says the line, I have a girlfriend named Topanga. And then she says the best line in this entire episode because mm-hmm. it is a... True thing. It Yeah, it's a true thing to a story of how Topanga's character got her name. Uh-huh. She said it sounds like a freeway exit. And Michael Jacobs has stated many times that he was driving by Topanga Canyon and saw the Topanga freeway exit. And he was on the phone with... And they're like, what's the character's name? And he goes, Topanga. <laughs> bingo, bingo, bongo. So... That's clever. Okay. Now let's talk about how Elon Musk is a jerk. What? The, the interesting thing is over. Now I want to talk about something else. Oh. I mean, he is. <laughs> the whole, like, I'll sell 8% of my stock shares if you can tell me actually how to cure world hunger. Hmm. Food. Yeah, like international harvesters, vroom, vroom. People, people have Shipping. plans here. People know, what, people know what's up. Elon Musk is a tool. You're not invited on the show. You could actually probably pay us enough. Yeah, we we can be bought, <laughs> sir. I don't know that Adam Levine could pay us enough, but Elon Musk, you could. If you want to give us a billion dollars, you could be on the show. Yeah. We might do $900 million. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we'll have to think about it. Um, but we will cure world. That's people. a lot of Bishop Cider Company money. <laughs> Then we'll buy Bishop Cider Company. <laughs> you will. <laughs> and then we'll cure world hunger. And then we'll cure world hunger with hard cider. Mm-hmm. Um, Drink your dinner. Yes. Uh, alcohol is the key. Anyway, <laughs> I guess we have an episode to talk about. We just, we're just dragging our feet the whole way. <laughs> We've almost hit an hour on this recording. <laughs> I... I wanted to talk about Sean being God. I wanted to talk about the little trivia fact about Topanga uh-huh. Canyon. I'm done. Yeah, but she just keeps like seducing him. Just like can't get it out of He just never says anything. Yeah. He's never he never says, No, yeah. I don't want like I don't want you to do this. And every time he goes to the door to leave and Mrs. Bluderman is that, like vacuuming. Or he yeah. goes again and she's painting the wall. Yeah, that happens twice. Where he tries to leave and then doesn't and But he never says like no. Yeah. I've said no. Like, that is my intention. Like, if you want to chat, let's chat. Nothing else is ever going to happen. I mean, ideally, he would say something like, Hey, I think this unhealthy fixation with me is because you're in an emotional place, and I would love to talk to you through that emotional place, but I don't want to do anything to take advantage of you in this situation. Mm-hmm. He, lots no. of, lots instead of actual he, ways to go about it. Instead, he says, Party? Um, um, what kind of party? Yeah, um, she, like, should we send out invitations? Um, want a party? <laughs> should we send out invitations? Get a clown? Um, am I making you nervous? No, I'm not nervous if there's going to be a clown. <laughs> Shut up, Corey. <laughs> I mean, he is. There's going to be a clown. But, yeah. It's just like, there was a... And she's just like, no one ever is going to know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> the, just like the most obvious, like, the most obvious, like, cheat on your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Come on. I think the problem with this episode, besides the fact that it's a the season problem? finale. Yeah, it is the problem. It's just all so obvious. Like, it's obvious from the moment the first scene is over what is going to happen in this episode, how it's going to play play out. Like, 
that Corey's loyalty to Topanga is going to be tested. And again, yeah, again, and um, Eric's willingness to try in college is going to be tested. And like we have seen better versions of this several times. Missy Robinson. Missy Robinson is this storyline so much better. Mm -hmm. I remember walking away from that episode delightfully surprised at how like nuanced and interesting it was. Mm. I mean, you can't blame the entire Great Depression on Herbert Hoover. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't dream of it. Um, And it was charming. This is not charming. No, it's just annoying. This is like the writers were trying to make a porno that they saw last night into an episode of Boy Meets World. And failed miserably. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually, though, Eric comes in. Yeah. And he he wants to... She's, a, she's in her third outfit change. Oh, yeah. She's in... Because she comes in originally wearing whatever, then she puts on the jersey, then she takes a shower, is wearing like a robe. Yeah. Um, also, I noticed, apparently, like, women in... Sweater vest with no shirt underneath is like the look they were really going for in this time period because Eric's friend that they're staying with is wearing one, and then in the end, Topanga's wearing one too. She's they're wearing the same kind of shirt, huh? Did not which notice. is like a sweater vest almost with a much higher collar because most men's sweater vests, you know, are, they don't have like they don't have sleeves, no sleeves, but a sweater, uh-huh. a sleeveless sweater. And it's like this is very interesting, huh. Did not notice. When you're cold, but not that cold. <laughs> when all you need to do is warm up your midsection. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what vests are for. Um, but he comes in, and I think this is when Mary Beth is like, I'll go get my laundry. Um, and Eric gives like this whole talk where it's like, he's saying this because he's it's informed on his decision that he's already made about not going to school here. And he's like, yeah, that's easy because it's like something that's there. But then like you realize like that's not the best thing for you. And he does make it specific about the relationship. Like, yeah, nobody has to know, but I'll know and you'll know and she'll know. And well, then, he, does, he, he he ends it on Corey. He's like, mm-hmm. and you'll know. No, no one's going to know except for Mary Beth and you. Mm-hmm. He's like, and then everything's thrown just down the drain mm-hmm. because of this choice. But then the whole time I'm watching and I'm like, Eric's saying this, like it's very insightful to his situation of just like, don't just take the easy way out, the thing because it's there, like do the hard thing. Um, You're like, oh, because he's decided I'm not going to go to school here. Like this isn't what I've been working towards. And then Corey's like, well, you know, the same thing can be said for you with this school. And he's like, what are you talking about? How dare you say that? And it's just like, where did that insightful speech come from? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's just being the wise older brother, and then he gets his advice turned around on him. Mm -hmm. How's that Um, medicine taste? Like your own? You said you can see it. I don't see it at all. Cheating with your girlfriend and going to a different college are not the same (laughs) thing. Like, Well, no, they're not. But the deep, 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 deep underlying principle of doing the thing because it's easy and right there... But Corey's a virgin. It wouldn't be easy for him. There'd be a lot of weirdness. He wouldn't know exactly what to do. <laughs> okay, Chance. <laughs> Let's get technical about it. I, I guess it would be easy to cheat on your girlfriend, though emotionally it really wouldn't be easy. No, to cheat and we can see how Corey handles guilt. Yeah. It's, it's over if that happens. Yeah, but it would be easier to cheat on her and it would be easier to go to the wrong college and both would ruin their lives. I guess I get it. I think it's forced. It's really forced, but I was just like, oh, Eric has already decided. And I'm like, oh, no, he hasn't. (laughs) And he's like, it's a sure thing. How can you walk away from a sure thing? And then something did strike me at this moment. 
Because Corey goes to Mary Beth and he's like, I love my girlfriend. And then he turns around and he's like, like that. Like, oh, she was just an object. <laughs> like, like this is not the classic way you might think of objectifying a woman. But like, she was not person or character. Both her and the other girl were obstacle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's all they were. And, and even Topanga for everything is, she has a little more agency because she does the hurting. But she's not a person she's the prize Uh or yeah i feel like it's just like a typical story trope of like women and stories often exist to move the men's story along yeah like there's a love interest she dies to motivate the man to do x y and z yeah like so her literal pain becomes his like emotional drive yeah to do whatever it's just like that's so common and it's just like again just it's objectifying. It's yeah. not being a person. It's being a, a, a thing. Like a story element and not like a character. Yeah. Not that story element, but like a, like on the roadmap of the story, just the other next problem to yeah. be overcome. Well, but and then Corey makes that decision, but nothing like nothing comes of it. Like he has overcome the obstacle. She is now out of the way. We don't have to deal with... Corey has earned the power of self-respect. Yeah. We don't have to deal with like her emotional needs or her... Like, second rejection by a guy that night. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. Corey passed the... The test. The test. Of whatever it is. Now... Nor does he have to deal with that at all. Like, he doesn't go and talk to Topanga about it. No. He's just like, it's over and done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get one more scene after Corey and Eric leave where Sean <laughs> comes up the ladder and he's like, I got you this TV. And she takes the TV, puts it, and then she pushes the ladder down. It would probably really hurt. It would really hurt. Poor Sean. They just leave him there. Yeah. In a crumpled heap on the ground. And we don't see him in the next scene, so who knows? Uh, Maybe Sean died. They left him in Jersey, we think. (laughs) Um, In the aquatic, the city of Atlantis, for all we know. Yep. Is... Is the next scene with uh, is the next scene the kitchen or is the next scene? Oh well, we are still there, and apparently there's an interview for Pinbrook. There's the yeah, and Corey's like, you blew the interview. He's like, I didn't even go. Like I was too scared. He's like, well, you need to like do that. And so then we cut to Corey with Dean Bolander, who's a character. Yeah, Eric. Did I who did I say? Corey. Oh, definitely not him. Get out of here, Corey. Eric with Dean Bolander, played by Bonnie Bartlett. Yeah, who is a character we will see again. Uh-huh. But I don't think for two more seasons. Yeah, I really don't think we see her until Corey Tepang and Sean go to college. Well, yeah, I don't think we do either. You'll see her again in season six for sure. But there's a different Dean that they interact with in season five. Who's just the worst. I didn't think we'd see her again until season seven, but maybe. We'll see. We'll get there. No, we do because the... When does the Stewart stuff happen? Oh, that's pretty early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she's, she's in that. that. You're right. Ding, 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 ding. Stuart. <laughs> Savage at Brothers. And I actually think she's in the first episode of season six now that I think about it. Because I think her and Feeney go toe-to-toe. Yeah. go. To Eventually, she's scene. like their teacher. Yeah. Anyway, Bonnie Bartlett. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, why should I give you a chance? You blew the interview. Or you didn't even show up. You didn't even notify us. And he's like, I was scared. Which is a real bad move. Yeah. And he's like, I was scared. I don't need excuses. It's not an excuse. It's the truth. Like, I was scared because not getting into college has defined me for so long. And she's like, there are plenty of other schools. You'll have other chances. No, Penbrook is my chance. If you're supposed to accept people who want to learn and want to grow and want to make it in this world. And if you don't accept me, this school isn't living up to its potential. 
and I want my interview. Well, I think you just had it. <laughs> and also, if you pay us money, good. <laughs> yeah. That's that's really the thing. Can you pay us money? I mean, it's 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 really true. That's the truer statement. He has the SAT scores, and he can pay them the money. Yeah, I feel like this, and like at least through the mid two thousands, there's a lot of like, if you were accepted by a college. It will be. It will show you as valuable, and the better college you get, the more like more desirable value way you have. More. When the truth of the matter is, it's all about money. Like I'm nodding, like our audience can hear. Yeah, like if you can pay to go to that school, likelihood is you're gonna get in. Maybe not your Harvards and Yales, but I bet they let in people with bigger pocketbooks uh-huh. um, more often than they let in people with smaller ones. For sure. Yeah. Um, so he has the interview, I suppose, and that's the end. And then we have the tag at the end, um, which is he gets his letter from Penbrook and he's like, I can't read it. So he gives it to Corey to read it. And he's like, well, bad news. It's like, they're going to want you there before Labor Day for orientation and you know, to buy all these books and whatnot. And he's like, I'm in. I got in. Like he gets in to school and then Feeney, like they're talking about the dean. And Feeney talks about her as well. She's been after me for years. (laughs) Because in reality, they've been married in real life. Oh, are they? Uh They've been married in real life for like 60 years. Hmm. They were married at this point. Um, They were on like, um, they were in St. Elsewhere together. Oh, Um, fantastic. You know, connecting it all once again. Back with Denzel and stuff. Um, Yeah, but they've been married. Decanonizing all of... Mm -hmm. All of TV dumb. Yeah, but they've been married for a really long time. And she's made her way onto the show. So it's very funny that he's like, she's been after me for years. Yeah. In reality, she has. I didn't know that. There we go. Mm-hmm. So you were thinking it was just funny because of what happens in the show? No, I was just, it's funny because Feeney's like, oh yeah, she's been after me for years. <laughs> of course. Yeah, but in reality, they've been married decades. Even at this point, it'd been decades. Cool. Which love is it. very sweet. True Hollywood love story. And um, Eric's like, I got in, I got in, and he's excited. And that I think it's I think it's Feeney, not his dad, that's like, I'm so proud of you this time. He already had that moment. Yeah, he already had that <laughs> when he got an okay score on his SATs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I knew you could do it. And it was just a, it was a scene. Yeah. And then we get one more scene. We do. Yeah, Corinne's paying on the couch. Oh right, that's before this. Oh, okay. Because that was the tag at the end. But yeah, according to Topanga on the couch, and Topanga's like, I wasn't worried about you. I was worried about me. Yeah. You, what? me, the moon, the beach. Yeah. I didn't know what I'd do with you. And he's like, well, you could always tell me that. And I've never not said no to you. And he, she's like, I know. I'm just I've never ready. thrown a hissy fit when things didn't go my way and make a scene and be a big baby back bitch. <laughs> you did not give a proper warning. You got one. <laughs> but I get one. You did not give a proper warning. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then she lays back on him, and he, she's like, you know, you're a very sexy boy, Corey. He's like, really? I'm a sexy boy? Wait until I tell Sean. <laughs> Which, that's funny. And then executive producer Michael Jacobs goes under that. Then you get the tag at the end. And then this episode is finally done. We did it. Oh, my gosh. We're free. <laughs> the <laughs> chains that bind us to this episode have been released. Um, like the genie at the end of Aladdin. I am free. <laughs> Um, it's an episode. It exists. Uh, it, it's it's probably like a little bit below average on the bell, bell curve of season four. Like still on the slope, but like <laughs> not quite. It's not on the. It's not near the peak. No. 
But the fact that it is a season finale and should really be an Eric-focused story... Just, yeah, big misstep. It, Not even a misstep. Complete swing and a miss. Yeah. Um, anything would have been better than this. Uh-huh. I would take Wendy coming back <laughs> over this. But I actually go back to what we said in Long Walk to Pittsburgh. Like, the second episode, ha- half of that, the second part two of that should have been here and just push everything else up. Uh-huh. Um, but... That's where I would have ended the season. But they didn't ask us because at this point we were like nine. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, Seems rude though. But yeah, that's the episode. Uh, what do you give it? <laughs> I didn't even think about <laughs> it. Like a five. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a 5.5. Really bump up that yeah. score. <laughs> Bring it up to a 5.25. Uh, not going to be in the discussion for episode of the season. season. No. It will be. When we do our honorable mentions. <laughs> yep, that's true. Uh, this will be the dishonorable mention. No, uh-huh. that's not true. It's not It's not that bad. It's just... It's just not good. Especially in comparison to what's come before it. Yeah. And in light of being a season finale. Yeah. And like, we just got Security Guy. For us, it was last episode. For everyone else, it was two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Which was already a big Eric triumph. Like... We haven't had enough Corey and Topanga this season for me to really care, but we long walked to Pittsburgh was a big test of their relationship thing. So it's like nothing in this episode needed to be here, and it closes out the season, and it tries to do it in a big way, and it fails just utterly spectacularly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't know who to give MVP to. I guess Sean? I think it's got to be Eric. I really do. He's never bad in any scene. That's true. He's obvious. He's not Bluderman. He's not super funny. You can have this episode without Sean. Um, it would be worse off for it, but it would be much worse off with Eric without Eric. This is a difference because normally I'm pro Sean and you're pro Eric. Mm-hmm. We can give it to Eric. Um, this is his final moment of his triumphant season. Yeah. They haven't given us any Eric triumphs up until this point, so we can have two within two three episodes. Mm-hmm. He's earned it. Yeah. So yeah. I today we give it to Eric. Why? Congratulations. You've done it. You you sure did. Uh-huh. And you could name it Boy Meets Football Jersey No Pants. <laughs> you know? That's a terrible name. For and a terrible I'm episode. Here for it. <laughs> Boy Meets Football Jersey No Pants. Boy meets Hey, wanna party? <laughs> Gosh. So season recap. I want to do a season recap. Okay. Let's take out our phones or our things and look at all the episodes. Okay, guy. Episode list. Oh, you know, overall, what this season really gave us more than anything is the extended, like, spiritual metaverse of Boy Meets World. Yep, yep, it's true. Because we start off with You Can Go Home Again. Uh-huh. Where we didn't start thinking this, but through our conversation with special guest Drew Davenport, um, just it really clicked into place that Pottsville is this purgatory, like, purgatory, hell dimension type place, mm-hmm. um, which is really going to set up a lot of things for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Here today, gone tomorrow is an episode I love. Goon tomorrow, mm-hmm. stupid name. Is <laughs> it's an episode I really love. Did I ever say the meaning of that? I feel like I brought it up and then never said that it's from the song Little Bunny Foo Foo. 
<laughs> which is an entire big long song of like three long verses that is a setup to that joke, that punchline, hair today, goon tomorrow. Really? Uh-huh. Fascinating. He's little bunny foo-foo. He scoops up the field mice and bops him on the head. And the good fairy comes and says, if you keep doing that, I'm going to turn you into a goon. And it happens three times. And at the end, it's like, you know what they say. Here today, goon tomorrow. You've been waiting all uphill season for this, guys. Literally since the summer. <laughs> when another big guest, Lainey Christensen. Lainey. She was a delight. Uh-huh. I hope we can have her on again. Just, just a nice person. Uh, yeah, here today, goon tomorrow, which is an episode I really love. Mm-hmm. Ain't going to spray let us know more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I clicked on an episode. Ain't gonna spray. Let us know more is a fine episode. Um, Fishing for Verna, a little bit less. So yeah, it's one of the weaker ones. Shallow Boy is fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Janitor Dad is pretty good. Wow, singled out was that long ago? Man, that episode. Yeah, we hated that episode too, didn't we? Uh huh. Corey and his tonsils. Dangerous Secret, uh-huh. our very first, very special episode. Um, yeah, here we get several episodes. We get like a good... Where we're trying to... We're firing on all cylinders. Yeah, we're like. we're like trying to do some serious stuff, some funny stuff. Uh-huh. You got Dangerous Secret, you got 16 Candles, 400 Pound Men, great episodes. Turkey Day is a great episode that's a little misguided. I don't know what they're doing with Easy Street. Uh-huh. And Affair to Forget uh, is good. And Affair to Forget is for good. And then BNB is BNB. The Ooh. pinnacle. That's I don't want to spoil. That's a contender. Like, major contender. Heavyweight. I don't know what would be even near it. But, we, you know what? You know, this is why we have other people come on the show. In previous seasons, was it last season? We never expected the um, news episode to be the one that won. Yeah, it still kind of blows my mind that it did. I feel like we really just let that one get away from us. Yeah. In some ways, it makes a lot of sense. It is a very Boy Meets World episode of Boy Meets World. Yeah. The B&B's B&B. Wheels. We <laughs> the, get Judge Lamb. Judge Lamb and the, the king of the speed trap hell dimension uh-huh. who collapsed the timeline of junior and sophomore year into one. Just very powerful. <laughs> yes. Um, chick Like Me. Fantastic. Surprisingly, iconic. Surprisingly not horrible. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, Katie. She was on that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long Walk to Pittsburgh, part one and two. Surprisingly not very good, but still solid. Uncle Daddy's pretty good. Quiz show is surprisingly bad. <laughs> <laughs> the one we built our entire empire upon. <laughs> Turns out it's pretty shaky. <laughs> Security guy. It's pretty good. We even talked about it. Cult fiction really is good. It's great, yeah. And then here... Yeah, maybe this season isn't as great as I think. Because I feel like I feel like through most of those episodes, you said this one's pretty good. This one's good. This one's pretty good. Yeah, but like pretty good. There's like two episodes that I think are great. Maybe maybe four. But I feel like you felt the same way about season three. Yeah, that could be. That could be. I think it's just the nature of what we're doing. I just season four. I feel like is widely known as the best season. Um, right. I feel like. I mean, even still, I feel like it's like it is the bell curve. And this is the top. But that's not how bell curves work. Because it's the lower right. Is it season five or season four that is known as like the most bestest? I think it's season four. Most people consider season four to be the best. Okay. Three, four, and five is kind of like the sweet spot. Yeah. With one one and two and five and six and seven kind of being on the outside. I would say outliers, but there's more of them than the others. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. But I am not finding myself 
nostalgic for anything in season three. I'm finding ever- myself nostalgic for everything in season two, which blows my mind. Uh-huh. I wasn't expecting it. And maybe that's just because Turner's gone and mm-hmm. I'm missing the Topanga. I and it may both of them. It may be those two. Turner and Topanga comedy hour. Yeah. That's what I want. But I am... I am nostalgic for season three. Season two. two. Interesting. Never would have expected it. But yeah, I think this is definitely a high tier season. Mm -hmm. I... I don't know. I don't know if I would put it above two or three, but it's a it's a it's a solid season. There's a few moments of greatness, a lot of uh, moments of like really goodness, and some good lackluster. Yeah, some good and some. The lackluster. shine has worn off over time. Um, we're going to senior year next year. Um, Judge Lamb's punishment has been yeah hell has been lifted. Um, Alan lost his year with with Corey. That he will never get back. Never, ever. Um, and we're going to senior year. We've got a lot of iconic stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Some new characters going to be introduced. Yeah, some some really rounding out what that cast will end up becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that'll be starting in three, four weeks. Who somewhere, even knows? Somewhere in there. Turn of the year. After a very special episode. Next week. Next week. Be on the look. I don't want to apologize in advance, because who knows? But if I need to, say it. I'm sorry. (laughs) But if I don't need to say it, I'm not. Let's just say I had a crazy idea, and Cameron is indulging me. Indulge is exactly the right word. I promise we will bring up at least one topic that is Boy Meets World related in it. Mm-hmm. Most of it will not be. But I have some I have some shows I want to talk about. We I will, need to watch them first. But we uh, we will bring up at least one Boy Meets World topic. I Let, can hardly wait. Let's face it, it's going to be Time Displaced Turner. <laughs> because that's all I want to talk about is Time Displaced Turner. Uh-huh. What's what's going on? What's happening now? Well, now he's he's faded back. He's faded in, but I know, but He's still there. What's he doing? I don't think he is. Here, this is my theory. Okay, I think that once, so it's a, it's a, <laughs> sorry, it's a symptom of quantum mechanics. <laughs> Naturally, you don't have to tell me that <laughs> chance. So, <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Turner has left the timeline. He is. I think he's still watching. I think he is watching the timeline from outside it. But here's the thing. If memories of Turner were to exist, that would be a way of observing Turner. And by observing Turner, they would be manifesting manifesting him in this reality. So when he is gone out of it, quantumly, there can be no memories of him to observe. That's why he's not here right now. That's why of course, Sean's going to graduate college, not mention him. And by the time... Girl Meets World comes around, and he shows up. Minkus is back on the scene. He's struck it rich. He's established himself as a successful inventor, businessman, whatever. And he's cracked the technology to make it where Corey slash Turner is able to stay. Like, sure. he's he's fixed quantum mechanics in some way. Well, but, but I actually, I have a theory for that, too. <laughs> I've done a lot of thinking about this. If we are going to take Girl Meets World as canon, which we have not chosen to do yet um but if we were to the point at which Corey is taken from his timeline is passed at that point now that now 
Corey isn't growing up into Turner. He's growing beyond where Turner was He's in the time. He's growing into Corey. Yeah. So Turner can re-enter the timeline without changing things. He's already changed things for the better. He doesn't want to take his luck. Uh, so he steps out of the timeline in cult fiction, and he observes. And once everything is kind of set in motion, adults are more set in their ways, and Corey has aged past the point where he goes back to being Turner, he can re-enter the timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You've clearly given us some thought. Maybe more than any other human ever has or ever will again. But I respect you for it. it how else do you explain the fact that we will never mention Turner again until Minkus and Turner enter the timeline for a split second, and then they're gone again and never mentioned uh-huh. again? And when they say we've been over there, they don't mean standing over there. They mean in a quantum realm in between time. Yeah, and they're like, we don't go over there. Yeah. No, you don't, because you can't. You can't. Wait, and Corey and Sean look at that place like they can't even conceive of it. They're just like, what? What over, even is that? There. So we have some listeners that have never watched the show. <laughs> and at this point, if you've stuck with us this far, you're probably like, "This, I'm done with this episode. And you wouldn't necessarily be wrong. But we probably sound like absolute madmen right now. And again, you're not wrong. This is the only explanation. Turner is Corey. A time displaced... Okay, okay. Here's the timeline. It it makes perfect sense. In the car wash episode, he cracks time travel. And he creates a loop. But there's nothing directing that loop. So Minkus thinks he doesn't have it. But then he teaches Corey and Sean the power of observation in the final episode of season one. An observation added to the loop sends Minkus outside of time. So it's set up in one episode. It pays off in another. Minkus is outside of time. He spends probably hundreds, if not thousands of years, observing different events and how life could play out for his friends in Philadelphia. Uh, he, he observes them, but they almost always end badly. So Minkus goes to a Corey Matthews who has lost everything. But it's really cool. And he's his like, parents are rich. And his parents are rich. And he's like, Corey, we have to save the timeline. And the only way to do that is to ensure you and Sean are still friends. And the only way to ensure that is to make sure there is someone there for him. And who better to be there for him than his best friend? He, They take him back. He adopts the, I actually think, if you ask me, he takes him back to college. And then he does go through mm-hmm. life. Because Feeney's not going to just hire someone with no... No credentials. Credentials. Because even when he hires Eli, Eli at least has experience in the subject matter he's going to be teaching. Right. Exactly. So I think Minkus takes him back, plops him in college, is like, get an English degree. Because Sean is going to end up with a poetic soul. And you're going to inspire that. And it might not seem like it at the time. Yeah. But I think one of the best pieces of evidence we have for this. I'm making this up off the top of my head, but it works. You are. I can feel it. Um... Is in the very first episode. How does Turner remember one issue of X Men? An issue comes out every month. X Men issues. There's like six a month. How does he remember one issue of X Men? I don't know. It's because he was Corey and he had that issue of X Men right then and there. Oh, episode issue, whatever. Good issue. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he knows. And he he knew Corey was gonna have it because he was in that seat. It's just right there. (laughs) And they go through school, developing trust. Then he takes Sean in when he wouldn't have had a parent and would have 
been lost to the Harley Kinders of the world. He, I'm, I'm weeping right now. Just how beautiful this story is. Michael Jacobs, you absolute genius. And when his parents come back, he gives Sean back to his parents, but he sticks around to observe. And then when the cult story ends, he's like, I've gotten Sean through enough. And he steps out of the timeline to watch his boy grow. It's a sacrifice. It's a painful sacrifice Mm -hmm. because Sean will not remember him because quantumly he can't. Mm -hmm. Because if you observe something, you manifest it. And so now Turner can no longer be observed. He steps out of the timeline Turn, or Feeney forgets he's there. Sean forgets he's there. Corey forgets, forgets he's there. And he just observes mm-hmm. for the rest of the series. Mm. Exquisite. Anyway, we've been talking about episode 422 <laughs> of Boy Meets World. Learning to fly. <laughs> we all just flew a little bit in triumph there at the end. <laughs> Have I think, given that too much thought? Uh, never. <laughs> we do want to thank Dizzy Parker for the use of our theme song. You can find... <gasps> The link to the video the song comes from in the episode description. And from there, all of his other wonderful work. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at BGWorldFever. Or send us an email to BGWorldFever at gmail.com. Yeah. I don't, honestly, there's <laughs> there's literally nothing else to say. Rate us. Review us. Uh-huh. Except <laughs> maybe this one. No, this episode is the most important one in the canon. You just had to stay to the end to know. <laughs> Everything before the last 10 minutes was garbage. Not worth your time. It's actually very akin to the episode we just watched. Garbage? Yeah. I mean, like like unto like. Yeah, the, the tag at the end is all that matters. Deep calls unto deep. <laughs> Likewise, shallow would call unto shallow. Shallow except for the last no, ten little minutes. bit. The deep, has, the deep has called us. Yes. We must return to the deep with the old ones. That is not all I've got, but it's all I'll say right now. <laughs> It is all I've got. (laughs) So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long world. So long world. When this boy meets world. This boy meets world.